Oh, yes. Great to have your company on a Friday morning, and I hope your day started well. Hey, Mitch Robinson played 247 AFL games, course started at Carlton and ended at the Brisbane Lions. He won a best and fairest along the way and also won a lot of plaudits for his tenacity and his commitment to the cause. He's up in Darwin these days, and it's a great pleasure to have him on. Mitch, good morning. Welcome to SEN. Good morning, Sam. How are you going, mate? I'm well, and also probably should have pointed out, mate, you're one of us now too. I see you've signed on to be part of uh, AFL Nation this year, so we'll be hearing you behind the mic. Yeah, I am. I was actually looking for a radio station that fit my persona. Um, Obviously, I'm going to come with a little bit of attitude and hopefully some good insight being fresh out of the game, but I'm actually really excited to see how my commentating is going to go. So very, very excited. Hey, mate, I still remember your most famous piece of commentary. That was the Brews free footy line from back in the day. (laughs) Mate, they're still talking about that. They are. I think I started that trend. No, that, that came from the coach, and I was just relaying the message saying that both teams are playing Bruce Free footy, and somehow Melbourne Demons took that to, to heart, and that was their motivation for the next few years against me on the field. So hey. it was all good fun, but I didn't mean it. Like, let's be honest. No, make no apologies. I say own it all the way. You've come this far. <laughs> I didn't say sorry. <laughs> yes. hey, you've been playing up there too, haven't you, of course? I think it's preliminary final weekend in the NTFL this weekend, is it not? Yeah, it is. So um, we got knocked out in the first round. We lost by two points in monsoon conditions. Like I've played in rain, been a Tassie boy, but this was, yeah. you couldn't even see the ball in front of you from 10 metres away. So it was, uh, it was pretty trying conditions, but yeah, we unfortunately lost. So that's my time up here, Dunskies. I thought the monsoon would have suited the Darwin Buffaloes. It, it did, it did a little bit, but then uh, when it dried up for 10 minutes, uh, they scored heavily. So um, that's what took it away for us. But next year, I'll be back next year. You played some good stuff up there individually? Yeah, no, no I played well. I was uh, dominating for the first few rounds and I was getting tagged by little uh, little kids that wanted to make a name for themselves and get on the Rob Log. So um, I wasn't <laughs> able to uh, break away and do those things because uh, I was up here for fun, but they were taking it a bit too seriously. Righto, righto. Hey, what have you made from afar of the trade period that one of your old mobs, the Brisbane Lions, were able to execute? Obviously, the arrival of Jack Gunston, Josh Dunkley. Uh, what, have, what have you made of the pieces of the puzzle that the Lions have been able to add? Yeah, apart from Richmond, I think they probably had the best um, trade period in the AFL last year. They, they they got some missing pieces they thought they definitely needed. Um, they brought Gunston up, who's an experienced forward, who you know can really show the way with his with his tick leading, and he just finds that he find, like manages to find the goals on regular occasions. So him and Dunkley, Dunkley looks like ready to go. It's something that he showed um, that probably I haven't noticed in the past is the, the courage and the the tenacity he's showing on field. He's really wanted to make a name for himself and earn that respect from his teammates. You can see early on in those practice matches and. Obviously, Will Ashcroft is, you know, always in the public at the moment with a with a mm. media talking and talking him up and stuff. And I played a couple of VFL games in last year, and I was no just as surprised as anyone how professional he is and how he can find the ball and his running ability is something that I haven't seen for a long time. So, um, rising star award, I'd lock him in for that if he stays healthy. But yeah. Um, hopefully not too much pressure on the young kid, but he seems to be relishing it already. Yeah, I was going to ask you about him and whether you had much to do with him, which which you've just clearly identified that you did. And Jasper Fletcher's the other one, but gee, the hype around around Will, so he's going to come in, you think, and just be uh, make an impact straight away? Yeah, the, the, probably the position that they haven't locked down yet for, I'm still trying to figure out who's going to play there is the wing role. So mm. usually with young players coming in, they try and you know, hide them away a little bit and just get a feel for the game. And I think that role on the wing would be perfect for him with a bit of pinch hitting in the midfield, you know, relieving the Dunkley, um, the Cluggage, the, the Lockie Neals of the world. So he's shown that he can definitely win his own footy as well. That's something that I noticed last year, that he's not afraid of the contest. And, and you can see he got lifted by, I think it was Guthrie in the, in the, in the Geelong game and he got straight back up and kept going. So, I'm excited to see what he can produce, but at the same time, I don't, you know, I don't want him to 
to buy into all the hype and, and maybe try to do too much. Just, mm. just play his game. And, you know, he's a first-year player, so he's going to suck it all in. And I think it's good to see that the first game's over in Port Adelaide because that's going to be a pretty hostile environment. So do, do, just looking at them before we let them go, do, do they want for anything anymore, do you think? I mean, apart from a, a, an M. Robinson on a, on a wing, do, do, they, do they want for anything? Um, I, I think they're pretty much set now. Like, they've got all the pieces to be able to um, have a real push this, this year in the finals. I think... You know, they're probably going to finish top four, I dare say. And it's all about that finals experience. You know, we, we tasted it last four years in the finals and unfortunately they didn't get to the big dance, but it's not as easy that. So I'm pretty sure if they get to the finals, they're going to use that experience and they should be able to, you know, put some things in place to be able to combat some opposition tactics. And, you know, they've got all the pieces of the puzzle ready to go. So unfortunately, I won't be here, but I, I really want to see my teammates mm. succeed. And I think this is the year they're going to do it. Obviously, they made another change over the break, didn't they, with uh, Dane Zorko stepping aside as captain. They've gone the co-captaincy route, obviously, with uh, with Harris Andrews and, and, and Lockie Neal, the Brownlow medalist. If you were playing, would you be one supportive of a co-captain setup, or are you traditional in that sense? I'm definitely traditional. I, I, I love the solo captain, but I can also, um, after going down to Brisbane last week, I had a good chat with the boys. We um, had a couple of drinks on the Saturday because they had a break, so I was kind of understanding what, what they're going through. And I think because <clears throat> Harrow's still... No, mm. relatively young. He's only played under 150 games, so he's going to be there for another 10 years. And I think him sharing the load with Lockie early on, you know, it's not a bad thing, especially Lockie being a superstar of the game and um, he's more in the midfield and he, and he drips forward, so he can really show his worth there, whereas Harrow is more of a talker and Lockie is more of the, you know, lead-by-example type player. So I think it, it might work out well. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the 11-man leadership group, but um, that's... That's up to them, and I think if it works, then you might see every other team next year doing the same thing. Yeah, I suppose with Harris being vice-captain for so long, and then when Lockie wants it too, with everything he's done in the game, it could have potentially been an awkward one for Brisbane. But I don't know, I thought they, they handled it really well in the end, and um, as you say, they're going to feature prominently this season. Hey, I know you love your boxing, Mitch, and, and the hype and the countdown for this interim WBO super welterweight title fight in Sydney with our... Tim Zhu against the American Tony Harrison has been so massive. I mean, we've had Tim here with us in the studio in recent times. He's done, I reckon, amazingly well to keep his cool, really, while being just mercilessly and continually baited by Harrison at every opportunity. It's, it's been some sort of build-up. Yeah, it has. I've been, I've been paying a lot of attention to this because I'm a bit of a boxing enthusiast on the side, but this is a really big fight for Tim Zhu because a lot of people and a lot of critics are saying that he didn't deserve this shot at um, Charlo for for the unified belt. So um, Harrison said that many times in, in the interviews and stuff, saying that he hasn't crossed the pond and, and fought the best boxers in America and Mexico where, where they're, they're a different breed over there. So this will really solidify him in going forward. And, and if he wins on the weekend, then he deserves that shot because, you know, Harrison has beaten Charlo before and he, he's probably the best in that, in that division at the moment. So I'm excited for this. But for Tim Zhu to be able to uh, want to fight the best fighters is, is really um, a show of his character and where he's come from. Obviously, his old man was absolute Australian legend and he won't be there in the corner this weekend with him but I really believe that if he gets that job done it's going to be a Cambosis top story he's going to um, be on top and then he gets his rifle shot at the, of all the belts. So it's exciting, but I'm also nervous for him at the same time. Yeah, and I reckon the only time his veneer has cracked Tim Zhu was probably just in the most recent face-off interview on, on main event. And I know Harrison has often stuffed up his surname, deliberately, I'm sure, but right at the end <laughs> of this chat, yeah, he keeps calling him Timothy instead of Tim. And I tell you what, Tim Zhu, he looks like he was about to get up out of that chair and lay into him. I reckon that's the only time he looked like he was going to crack. Yeah, he definitely hit a soft spot there. I was a bit, um, I was laughing at it. I didn't understand why he'd get so worked up about it, but I think it's just because he, you know he's kept his his cool, his composure the whole time they've been talking. He's all about boxing, and 
in the same interview, Tony was pumping him up all pretty much all the whole conversation by mm. saying that, you know, he's, he's pretty basic fighter. He's just got the toughness and that's about it. But um, these American fighters, man, like they're, they've, they've got something different and their skill, they've been fighting since they were kids and, and over there, they fight the best from when they were growing up. So um, this is a massive test for him. And yeah, I'm saying if he wins, then the world is oyster. But if he loses, it's going to be a bit of a hard road. Hey, Mitch, I know you like pulling the gloves on, of course, particularly when you were playing, and it's a big part of... Well, it was it was a big part of pre-season before Early things days, got a little yeah. nasty at Hawthorne, of course, and it all got taken away from clubs. But who, yeah. who did you like stepping in the ring with? Who, who was handy in your time? Um, well, at the, at the Lions, um, I'll, I'll probably put myself up there as the best of the Lions, but at, at the Blues, <laughs> there was one one guy that used to absolutely slap me around uh, back then was Heath Scotland. He... He used to make fun of everybody, but just like punching them left, right, and we didn't really know any boxing um, like techniques. But he was really good, and also Chris Aaron was. Um, yep. There's stories about him when he travelled over to South Africa for the under 18 stuff, and someone tried to steal his wallet over there, and he ended up bashing them up. So he he was really good uh, in the boxing sense too. So no, nah, it's uh, it's a thing that a lot of clubs are doing in the preseason to try and toughen players up, which I absolutely loved. It was a bit of good fitness and I know I'll probably try and get in the ring at some stage this year, but my partner said yesterday, she doesn't want me to, because if I get knocked out, then I might be a bit sad for a while. So I'm just trying, <laughs> she's next to me, but yeah, I absolutely love the sport. Can't go ruining that beautiful face, Rob. I think that's probably what she's saying. <laughs> hey, Mate, I joined right there for a reason. I've got face radio. So <laughs> yes. it's, uh, in all seriousness, great to have you on AFL Nation. You're going to be a must listen. I can't wait to hear you in action and your commentary. And a lot of love here off our text machine here from Lions supporters saying you will be missed. Um, and a lot of Brisbane supporters texting in this morning. So, mate, thanks so much for your time uh, this morning and uh, look forward to chatting again soon. All right. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Have a good day.